Hello, friends, and welcome back to our regularly scheduled programming, another episode of Miss Congeniality. This one's a solo episode. I know you guys love those. I'm sorry that I kind of sound like early 2010s Miley Cyrus. I'm battling a summer cold, which if I had to decide when to get a cold, I would always choose the winter because I feel like it's almost festive then. Like, You have the little red nose from blowing your nose and like you're snuggled up in bed. Getting a cold in the summertime is literally the equivalent of hell. You're watching everybody have fun. It's fucking nice out. And what are you doing? You're sitting inside. And when you feel like shit, it's not like there's like snow falling and it's like cute vibe. It's like not a cute vibe. But I think I'm on the other side of it. But I'm sorry my voice sounds so weird and I sound a bit stuffy. But... Today's episode is going to be all about traveling and a bit of a recap from my trip, but I wanted to start with some updates. I just feel like we haven't spoken in so many days, and the first thing that I have to talk to you guys about is Beyonce's Renaissance Tour. Now, if you're going, I just, I mean, maybe don't listen to this part because I don't want to give you spoilers, but... If you're not going or if you're thinking about going or if you don't care about spoilers, I went to Beyonce's Renaissance tour and it like actually changed my life. Like I've never had the experience of going to a concert and the next day, like it was all I could think about or like going to a concert and literally like staying up all night, just being like, how was that a real experience? Like that changed my life. And I think a lot of people at this moment in time, when someone talks about Beyonce are so quick to like start being like, well, what about Taylor? What about the Eras tour? All these things. And I'm just going to put an end to that discussion right here. Like, that is so silly. They're two different artists. They're two different people. Everybody's allowed to have a fave, like a fave musical artist. And everybody's allowed to have had a life-changing experience. And not all of them have to be Taylor. And I think that's a problem. Like, I gave my recap of um, the Renaissance tour on Instagram. And I was like, this is the most amazing thing I've ever seen. And immediately my comment section and DMs were like, well, what about the Eras tour? That was amazing for different reasons. Like, I literally cannot conceive how Taylor Swift puts on a four-hour show. It is out of this world. The way that she's able to bring together community and, like, her fan base is so powerful. Like, it is beautiful. I cried through half that show. It was amazing. I loved it. But I just feel like it's really unfair to require everybody to, like, like Taylor Swift the most or, like, have that be their number one fave. And if it isn't, like, you're a horrible person all of a sudden. And I just, I don't understand. Like, I'm not about comparing them. So we're not going to do that whatsoever. It's so dumb. But in the same breath, I will say, I do not think anyone compares to Beyonce. Like, I think she's leagues above everybody. I think she's leagues above Gaga, and Gaga is my number one. I literally think she's an alien. Like, it isn't real. I have never seen something that I was watching being like, this is not a real person. Like, her singing voice, you guys. Like, again, I knew she was a good singer, but holy fuck, it's the way that her singing voice, like... I I don't think anyone can sing as good as her that's ever lived and walked the earth. Like, I was mouth agape shocked. The entire show, my fucking goosebumps, like, I was literally like, this is like watching a, like, somebody that's like, there's one, one person in a lifetime that's this talented. Like, she's not real. She's an ethereal human being. And I feel like I'm allowed to feel that way. And it was so wild to me that, like, my immediate comment section was like, well, what about Taylor Swift? And I'm like, I went to the Eras tour and I made so many videos being like, this is sickening. I have no idea how she accomplishes this. Like, she's fucking amazing. And I feel like I'm allowed to feel that way about both of them. But anyway, back to Renaissance. Again, like, I stayed up all night thinking about it. I'm still thinking about it. Like, 
it's just like, first of all, the entire album is a masterpiece. And like, I feel like that we haven't talked about enough, but that's a whole different like conversation. But then the way she staged the tour to like tell a story through this album is like, it's just so fucking amazing. And something that she did that I literally love, she had like each like chunk of the album was broken up into acts and each act had like kind of a theme and then also had like maybe some homages to like things that inspired her or like another song that was one of her older songs like blended in and and in between some of the acts she had like five minute periods where like her background singers sang a song I have never went to a concert and seen the background singers sing a song and I think some people would be like well that's annoying I came to see Beyonce I don't want to see her background singers but the way it was done was so much so like this is a community. This is a celebration. The people on this stage like created this moment with me. And now the background singers are going to sing. And like the way it was done, the audience was all like, oh yes, we want that. We're ready for this. Or like there was a whole like five, seven minute section where her band played a song and like each of them had like a solo and it was fucking insane. And then there was like a five to seven minute section where her dancers did this like voguing, like ballroom, like an homage, like ballroom and voguing culture like dance moment where they were like coming down the runway and it was fucking crazy. Like I've never seen anything like this in my life. Like if you have the opportunity to go see it, I have chills talking about it. You have to, because I, I still don't understand how she's a real person. Like if I came face to face with her, I don't e- like, I don't even think I would want to meet her because I don't think I'm worthy. Like that's where we're at. Like maybe before, if you were like, Oh, who would you want to eat dinner with living or dad? Like she might've been on the list. She's not on the list because I, I'm not worthy. Like I simply fucking couldn't even be in the same room as her. Like I do not know how Jay-Z gets into bed with her at night. And is like, this is like my wife. Like I would literally be like, you're a goddess. Like I, you are not, I'm not worthy of you. I hope he says that. I literally was like, I literally turned my boyfriend. I was like, I hope like every single day, Jay-Z like kisses the ground she walks on. Cause like, I do not understand how this woman is as beautiful, talented, amazing. Like Oh my fucking God. Like I've never felt this way about someone like genuinely, like I saw the Chromatica ball, like Gaga, that was my first time seeing her live, like truly an amazing night, an amazing performance, an amazing concert. She's sickening. She's such a good performer, but there was something about this that just wasn't real. Like there was something about the Renaissance tour and Beyonce that's like not real. Like my brain can't even register that she's a real person. And so I cannot recommend going to see this fucking concert enough. Like even if you're like on the fence, like I think I like Beyonce and you have the opportunity to go, like I need you to go. You will become full beehive, full convert. Like I don't think I've ever felt a part of a fandom until now. Like I don't think I've ever felt so like passionate. So that was the update about that. I kind of lost my voice from going to that as well because I was screaming the whole entire fucking time and it was amazing. Um, Okay, next thing. I want to so badly talk to you guys about the films that came out on July 21st, but unfortunately I'm choosing not to do so as to not cross picket lines. Um, Basically influencers and content creators have been guided to, if in the future they may want to join SAG, which is one of the unions that's on strike, uh, they should not and cannot speak about any struck companies um, because that would be crossing a picket line, that would be scabbing, and then you will be prohibited from joining... um, SAG in the future. Now, I don't have like any big plans to become an actor, but I don't know. I have a history and background in acting and who knows like what the direction my life is going in and my writing career one day I might want to be in something or do something. And I'm just like not going to cross picket lines. Obviously it pains me very deeply because I did see films that weekend and I would love to talk about them online, but I'm just trying to be careful and not cross any picket lines right now 
But if you guys are still interested in my thoughts and feelings, because there's, as you guys, I'm sure anticipate so fucking many of them. Um, once the strike is over and everybody is being compensated fairly and all of their demands have been met, I am so happy to jump back in and like talk about it then. But for now, I'm so sorry that I can't. Um, I feel like I've been trying to say this like on all the platforms. So you guys know why? Cause I've been seeing so many DMS about it and I'm like, Oh, it's killing me. Um, but yeah, it was also a lovely birthday treat. I turned 20, 25. Oh my God. I'm 25, not 22. See, the thing is, I feel like I got stuck at 22 for some reason, probably the pandemic, but I turned 25 on the 22nd. So like right after that lovely day of film. And it was such a special little treat for, for turning 25 years old, which I just feel like is going to be a good year, guys. Like I'm already feeling like it's going to be a good year. Like July was good to me. I mean, I wasn't home for most of it, but it was good to me. Um, and then I did come home and I lost my phone and it was like the craziest thing. Like we rented this little boat for my birthday with my family and we were dancing on the boat and doing all the things. And my phone fell like underneath a couch and like we lost it and left it on the boat for the whole night. And it was this whole fiasco. And then I found it and I was strangely grateful that I lost it because I put a lot of pressure on myself to be like really present with my audience. And I'm very proud of that. And I know that you guys love that, especially if you're Instagram followers. But I think that with that came slash comes the inability to like break from that and be present in my own life sometimes. So I was kind of grateful for losing my phone because it really like required me to be so present. And I absolutely loved that. So that was the birthday update. Um, I did want to talk about Ariana Grande and Ethan Slater. I've known who Ethan Slater was forever. Like, not to be, like, a hipster about Ethan Slater, but, like, obviously, like, Spongebob the Musical, which, like, by the way, genuinely such an underrated musical. Like, it's actually fucking good. Like, the videos circulating of him in Spongebob the Musical do not do it justice. Like, he was so good. And, like, Not a Simple Sponge and Chop It to the Top are such underrated songs from that cast recording. Like, chop it to the top, chop it to the top, you wanna... Like, you guys don't even understand. Like, look into Spongebob the Musical and then get back to me. But, okay, this is what I have to say. I, so nothing is like confirmed yet about what happened or whatever. I don't think a lot of people know what it's like to be in a musical with a straight man who can sing. Just kidding. (laughs) Like that's like the the thing. That's like the funny like theater kid joke going around. Like, okay, I think it's really, 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 really incredibly shitty of him to do what he did to his wife and family. I'm not like passing any, like I saw some TikTok of this girl being like, now that we all know that Ariana Grande sucks. And I was like, wait, We don't all know that. Like, I definitely think that whatever happened is shitty. Like, but I'm not standing up for Ariana Grande. Like, if she knew and she home ranked, whatever, that's crappy. But we do not know. Like, neither of them have said anything. And to me, there's a world in which she comes out or he comes out and says, like, we were separated when this started. And, like, is that still shitty of Ariana Grande? Yeah, that's, like, minorly crappy. But I don't love the whole... Now that we all know that Ariana Grande sucks, I'm like, I actually didn't know that. Thanks. Like, okay, and also if she's a boyfriend stealer, like, okay, like, that's not a good thing. She's not a girl's girl, but, like, do we know that yet? I haven't seen the receipts on this. All I have to say is, like, Ethan Slater fucked up. Like, that's fucked up. But, like, do we know for sure Ariana's side of the story yet? We do not. We do not. But the thing that's really, like, interesting to me here is not, like, any of the, like, actual drama. Like, I just think it's shitty and I feel really bad for his now ex-wife and child. And I think that that sucks. I think it was so hilarious to watch everyone discover who he was when, like, this man, like, if you show me a picture of him, I'd be like, oh, that's Ethan Slater. That's SpongeBob from the SpongeBob musical. Chop it to the top. 
not a simple sponge. Like, don't you guys remember? It was like really beautifully done. And it didn't stay open for long because people underestimate. Like, I literally knew who this man was. And people are like, he's a nobody. And I'm like, Loki, a nobody to you, but a somebody if you were really hot on the 2010s theater scene, which I was. I was hot and steamy on the 2010s theater scene. Like, yesterday I was watching a Broadway compilation video with Julia on YouTube. And she was like, what's this from? And I was just, like, immediately telling her. Like, it's actually fucking so scary how much I know about the theater so like when this broke and everybody's like this guy I'm like yeah that's Spongebob you guys and not like the voice of Spongebob on tv like the musical theater guy anyways shitty of them both I'm wishing the wife the best but what a wild thing what a wild thing to witness um yeah anyway oh another update I wanted to give you guys is just so fucking annoying so it was my best friend's birthday right when I got back from Europe and I went to a little pregame and we were all going to go bowling and we go to the bowling alley and this bowling alley in New York city cards because it's like half bar, half bowling alley. And you can like just hang out at the bar and like wait for your lane. So you have to be 21 to get in. He takes my card and he goes, or like my ID and he goes, um, no expired IDs. I go, it's not expired. Scan it again. He goes, yes, it's expired. No expired IDs. I go, what are you talking about? He goes, read the sign. No expired IDs. He hands me back my ID and it expired the day before. Now, I know that I'm an unorganized and reckless person. Like we can all, let's just all say I am a hot mess and I know that. But I took a poll of all my friends and how many people fucking knew what date their ID expired. Nobody knows. Like that has to be the most annoying thing ever. And everybody must find out that their ID expired either if they like get lucky and happen to have to like apply for something that requires them to put in when their ID expires and they notice like right before or because they get denied somewhere. But also how annoying it was the day before and I got denied from the fucking bowling alley and I had to go home and it was so annoying. Anyway, I just wanted to tell you guys that story because I felt like it wasn't really like a good enough story for TikTok, but I felt like you guys could sound off in the comments and let me know if that's like something that fucking annoys you as well and if that's ever happened to you anyway. So speaking of IDs, I also got a new IUD put in yesterday. I got the Skyla. It's the lowest dose hormonal IUD. A lot of people are asking what made me want to switch. TLDR, when I was 18, I went on hormonal birth control pills. I had a really negative reaction to those depression, weight gain, acne, very severe, all of it due to like my own hormone issues that I have with my thyroid. So my healthcare team back then was like, let's go no hormone and give you the copper IUD. So I've had it for two years. I've loved it. But my endometriosis symptoms and PCOS symptoms have gotten really bad. And so we're switching to this low dose hormonal IUD. It's localized hormones. And hopefully that will alleviate some of my symptoms and pain. There's a bunch of different kinds of IUDs that you can look into if you have similar problems. I'm thinking about making a video about it in the coming days, but it was actually a much more pleasant experience than the first time and the second time that I got an IUD. Um, basically, like literally, if you're scared of getting an IUD, I'm going to tell you exactly what happens, exactly what happened to me. Everybody's different. Everybody's different. Okay. So the first bit of pain was 10 second cramp when she took out my copper IUD. It was a really similar cramp, but less severe than when they put in my copper IUD. The second bit of pain is when she measured my uterus. There was like a big fucking pinch and it lasts two seconds. And that's definitely the most painful part. But the anticipation is way worse than the actual pinch. Like you're going to be fine. Hopefully everybody's different. 
Then the third bit of pain was her putting in the new IUD, but that was the least amount of pain out of the three, actually, which surprised me. And ultimately, it wasn't that bad of an experience. I am not feeling good today. Didn't feel good yesterday, but I'm hoping to be on the up and up. So that's a TLDR on that. If you guys have IUD questions, always consult a healthcare professional, but I'm happy to answer the things that I can answer. And yeah, that's that on that. Okay, I also wanted to share with you guys my word of the year that I'm taking into my 26th year on earth. I usually like to pick a word of the year or like a vibe of the year, for lack of a better phrase. And this year I'm doing survive and thrive. Survive because I just have a lot coming up. And I keep forgetting about that and being like, let me add more things to my plate. Like, let's do more fun things, whatever. But with the book and everything coming up, it's going to be a whirlwind and book tour. And very soon will be announcements about those things. And it's crazy. And I'm so excited. But also, I just know that I'm going to need to be in survival mode. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to need to thrive as well. And I liked that they rhymed. So if you've been looking for like a word or a vibe to take into your year, if your birthday is coming up, survive and thrive have been they've been sitting well with me. I like them. Those are my words of the year. And I think without further ado, we're going to get into the episode, which is all about travel. I think you guys will find some good um, recs for Italy and London in this episode, but also just some good advice for traveling, whether it's domestic, international, weekend trip, whatever it is. And I'm going to take some of your questions at the end and I'm really excited. So let's get into it. What I missed most about America is poppy. Like, let's start there. (laughs) We're just kidding. I actually am drinking a strawberry lemon poppy right now. So good. Strawberry lemon, probably not my favorite. I'm more of a cherry limeade girl, but don't have any of those in the house right now. Anyway, though, I'm a big planner. I've always been a big planner. I'm really a control freak. And I think the reason that I like to be in control is that my anxiety really manifests in control and controlling things when I can. So I like to be in control of a schedule. And I used to be really, really bad with my control problems. Like I used to not be able to let go of control. Like I would get so anxious about something like a group project or a trip that I would be like, okay, I need to be in control right now. And then being in control and like trying to gain control would make me really anxious. And I would get so stressed about being in control and maintaining control and having control that I would get more anxious about that. And eventually I was like working out on it through therapy, realizing I don't need to be in control, but if I can be in control of something that would be nice. And so I'm much, much better with it now. Um, but I think one way that I've really been able to let go of control, especially when it comes to traveling and planning is be like, it's really going to be fine either way. And surrounding yourself with people that you trust and love who understand that you like to be in control, but who also can, you know, check your issue with control and be like, Hey, you need to relax or it's all going to be okay. And just realizing that like no matter who's in control of something or one part of planning a trip or whatever, it's going to be great. And also traveling with people who you feel like you align with. Like I would never go on a long-term trip with a boyfriend until I knew that we like kind of had the same priorities. And like, I obviously you don't know if you're going to travel well together, but I would wait to get to a point where I was like pretty sure that we would travel well together. Um, I just think it can really harm people in your life if you require all this control and you don't let them have any like say or stake in the planning process. So that being said, like I love to plan um, and I planned most of our Italy trip, but I was always keeping my boyfriend in the loop as I was going on with the planning. And he also planned a good chunk of reservations and kind of like gave me insight on stuff he wanted to do. So I always keep a big master document of everything. This really helps. I know it sounds so simple, but like 
the reservation number and the address for the hotel, the confirmation code for every reservation or hotel or activity that you're going to do. And under each day, I just like roughly plan it out with all of those confirmation codes. That way, if we're like, where are we going right now? I can just reference it and pull it up. And I'm like, well, here's the confirmation code. Here's the reservation time. Here's this, here's that, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And I usually just do this on my phone notes or like on a Google doc, honestly, so that it's accessible to me as I'm going along. One thing I always do when I'm planning each day is I leave at least two hours of like R&R time because realistically you're going to need it and you're going to want it. Like when you're planning, you get so ahead of yourself and you're like, oh my God, okay, it's going to be great. Like we'll leave ourselves half an hour to do this. And it's like, no, you're going to need two hours to do nothing every single day. And I just try to be realistic with it because I've gotten into situations before where I just get way over my head and I'm like, I can make this whole day work on vacation and I absolutely couldn't make it work. And then somebody was resenting me or it was just like negative or we missed something that we wanted to do because we didn't have enough time and all those things. So when I am booking things though, I always start with flights and then I'll look into hotels after that. But I always look at both flights and hotels before I book the flight so that I know that hotels are accessible, not too expensive, that they have availability and all that good stuff. But I always do the flights first. I don't know why. I also always do flight insurance. And I know a lot of people are like, well, we're not going to break up. Like you never know what could happen. I just think that that extra like 30 bucks or whatever they're going to require you to pay is so fucking goddamn worth it. Like there's never been anything more worth it than flight insurance. Like please buy flight insurance. And then in terms of when I look for hotels and what kind of hotels I stay at, I pretty much do bed and breakfasts everywhere I go. I find them to be really quaint. I think that the service is always great. I always look at reviews. Um, But when I'm abroad, I do like to do an American hotel chain just in case there's anything that goes wrong or the language barrier, whatever. I love the Hoxton. They have a bunch of Hoxtons globally, but they're also based in Brooklyn. And I've stayed at the one in Brooklyn before and we stayed at the Hoxton in Rome. So if you're going to Rome in the near future, I highly recommend. It's a bit far from like the hustle and bustle of like, like, the middle of the city, but Rome is absolutely giant. And it was only about like a 25 minute walk from like the Trevi fountain in that whole area. And to me, that's not a bad walk. I like to walk on vacation. I don't know about you guys. That's just something I like to do. Um, when I'm in Paris, I stay at the Maison Gourmand. That's a and b and it's really safe and it's like in the best location. So can't recommend that enough. If you're traveling alone, it's really good as well because the, the, the door is like in a courtyard and there's another door off the street. And like in order, it's just hard to get in there. Like it would be difficult if you weren't staying there to get there. And so that's why I really like staying there. And then in Milan, we stayed at the Sonato and I absolutely love the Sonato as well. It was a lovely experience. The rooms are really spacious. They're so helpful and like quick with anything that you need. Spoke great English. And then in Barcelona, I stayed at the Cotton House and that one's a bit more pricey. But if you're like going on like some kind of a romantic vacation, maybe you're getting engaged. Maybe it's a birthday trip, anniversary, something like that. Honeymoon. Can't recommend it enough. It's like the most beautiful hotel in the fucking world and the rooms are giant and it's just like super lovely. So absolutely love staying there. Um, and then when I'm looking into restaurants that I want to eat at, I usually use the infatuation, which is a website like database of like all restaurants, but they update it really regularly and they give really good, like Gen Z descriptions of restaurants that you are only going to a place if it's going to be like really great and you're going to like it. And it's like the exact vibe that you're looking for. It's the kind of thing that sometimes, you know, when you're Googling and you're like, where the fuck do I want to go eat right now? Like I want a place that's like kind of like vibey, like going out dinner, like with loud music, but like, it's not actually going out and they also have good, they'll be able to tell you where to go eat for that exact vibe. Um, 
certain places obviously don't take reservations. And so usually every single day I'll have an option where I can make a reservation. And then I'll have a small list of places that don't take reservations that we would try to go to first. And then if we can't get in, we'll have the backup or if we don't feel like waiting or whatever it is. I also think that TikTok and Instagram are really lucrative options for restaurant recommendations. All you have to do is type in like, Milan restaurant recommendations on TikTok and you will get a gigantic list. And of course the comment sections are helpful as well. People being like, I went there, I loved it. And then I always cross-reference restaurants on social media. I know it sounds silly and people might be like, restaurants aren't the most important part about vacation for me. For me, their food is always an important part of vacation. And so I like to just like really select the places I want to eat and get a good like vibe going. Um, and then in terms of activities, I usually plan one activity a day, whether that's a site to see or a place to go or a museum, I'll look into tickets and all the things and keep those confirmation codes. And then I always have a backup list of things I want to do or get to. So like stores that I want to see a, a famous street that I want to go, a site that we would see if we had time, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And then whenever I am like planning all this stuff, I like to remind the group or whoever I'm with that I like, like my alone time as well. And that I like need a little bit of recharge time. So not to be like weirded out or think I'm mad if I like want to go for an early morning walk or run alone. That's just like me time for me. And like everybody should be entitled to that if they want it. Like with my boyfriend, I'm always just like, yeah, I'm probably going to go on a run or a walk tomorrow morning. I don't want you to think I'm mad at you. I'm not. I just want to be by myself for a few hours or I'm going to go grab a coffee while you sleep in or whatever it is. I think that the best way to get ahead of any relate like vacation related issues is to just lay it all out there before have a sit down with your partner and have a meeting and talk through like literally everything that you guys are going to do and everywhere you guys are going to go and like what are the vibes how are we feeling about this what do we want to do oh by the way I get anxious about this I don't want to do this I have trouble with flying whatever it is just get it all out there and talk it out before so that you know what to expect from your partner when you're traveling or your friends when you're traveling I also just think incorporating alone time or you time on a trip is really important otherwise you might have a freak out moment and it's all about anticipating those freak out moments okay how can we make sure they don't happen so that we don't feel like we're ruining the trip or that we feel like we're you know creating some sort of problem or whatever it is. Like I said, I really just think sussing out the vibe of a trip before is so important. Being like, okay, does everybody want to do like a balls to the wall going out clubbing crazy trip? Does everybody want to do a chill relaxing trip? What are sites that everybody needs to see or wants to see? Like, I know it seems like a lot of extra work, but then when you get there, you avoid all the tension and issues. Like, even remember like growing up, if you ever had the ability to go on like a trip with your family, like how many issues would arise because your parents were just taking you to do things like that they wanted to do. And I feel like even sussing out the vibe with the fam trip could have been helpful. You know what I mean? And like when we were in Italy, we did a lot. And I think we talked about before that we wanted to do a lot and nobody, neither of us got like annoyed because we knew the initial plan and the initial vibe. So I'm going to go through some recs for you guys. Um, we started in Rome. That was our first day. We met there because he had been in Greece with his family and we went to Luciano for lunch. It's really, really, really good. Rome is known for their pasta, namely cacio e pepe. So if you want to get a pasta dish, you have to go to Luciano. It was actually delicious. Rome is also really hot in the summer, but we did know that. It was really just a meeting point, but I actually like love Rome so much that I wish I stayed for longer, even though it was so hot. Like it's just a sexy city to me and such a sexy vibe. 
And we didn't really do much that day. We walked by some of the sites and then we had drinks at Hotel Manfredi, which you have to reserve in advance, but it's a really special view of the Coliseum and they have delicious cocktails and little like snack bites. And then we just stumbled on somewhere for dinner, which is another thing I love to do on a trip. We just walked around until we found a little place and it was absolutely delicious. Um, The next day we woke up and we rented a car. I'm really team renting a car when I go on trips. I just feel like you have the flexibility and agency then to go somewhere if you want to or have to. also be pretty inexpensive depending on like which rental place that you do we just rented the car from the airport so we just like took the train to the airport and then we drove up the coast to Bulgari which is a little wine country in Tuscany genuinely justice for Tuscany in the summer and the spring and all the time it is definitely like thought of as like more northern Italy and I feel like in the summer everybody wants to go to the southern Italy like the southern Italian like region because they think that's where the beaches are but there are also beaches in like northern and mid Italy and so the beaches in Tuscany especially like right near Bulgari are literally incredible. Bulgari is a very, very, very small wine country like little wine town with like 60 vineyards and the most famous two are are. Um, Ornalaya and Tessakaya and then Sapayo is also Poderi Sapayo is also another one that's very well known and we stayed there and though that's like my dad's friends um, because my dad does a lot of wine business we got to stay with them which was so so nice and they're just like great family friends and if you're ever in the region you have to go have tastings at Poderi Sapayo, Ornalaya, Tessakaya. I think if you were there for a day or two you would just do plenty you could do like one beach day and then one day where you like do a bunch of like wine tastings um And the little village of Bulgari is like so fucking quaint and perfect for like gelato and shopping. And you can go to the Bulgari Bistro, which is like a delicious little restaurant. We also drove about an hour down to Forte de Marme, which is another incredible, insane beach town. It literally reminds me of the Hamptons if it was in Italy. It's like actually perfect and lovely. We also ate at this Michelin one star there called Pinata, which I really recommend. It's very much so mom and pop vibes, which like always tugs on the heartstrings for me. I love sort of like a mom and pop restaurant energy. Like I feel like that's just the best. And then um, we also ate at like this other restaurant that um, the name is like actually running from me right now. Tana di, di Pirata, Tana di Pirata. I think that's what it was. It's on the beach. So good. Just all the restaurants there are amazing. Like you genuinely couldn't go wrong and there's not that many of them. We drank so much Vermentino while we were there because I don't know, my dad was telling me that the 2022 Vermentino vintage is like really, really, really delicious. So we had so much white wine. Like I'm not even kidding. We were just on a white wine like craze when we were in Italy. But of course we were drinking a bunch of red while we were in Bulgari as well. And the tomatoes in Italy are so fucking good. I would go back just for the tomatoes. So after our little three day stint there, we went to Milan and we stopped in Pisa to see the Leaning Tower. And everybody was like, don't stop in Pisa. Pisa is a shithole. You don't want to stop in Pisa and all these things. And I think it's like silly. I think it's like so silly to tell people not to go see like a monument or like an area or a region that's like popular for a reason. Also, it was on our way to Milan and everything else that people were recommending were just like so far out of the way. But honestly, we had the best time. Avery had the best panini he's ever had. We took a little stop, had a glass of wine, some gelato, saw the Leaning Tower. Is it touristy? Yes. Would I recommend that you guys like go and stay in Pisa? No. Do you need more than three hours there? I don't really think so. But it was it was lovely. And I highly recommend if you have a little chance to stop in or you're nearby, stopping in. Now, I know every city is different and people have different preferences, but like... I am here to tell you that my favorite city in the world is Milan. Like, holy fucking shit. I have not been to Milan since I was eight years old. I I have chills thinking about Milan. Like, I feel like be, about 
Milan and Beyonce, I feel the same way. I want them both to like be buried. I want to be buried in Milan, like with Beyonce playing. Like I was so obsessed. The energy is perfect. It's so beautiful, so historical, so high fashion, so classy, so fun, so trendy, just everything. So here are my recommendations. Okay. You have to go to Signor Vino if you're in Milan. There's also another location in um, Verona. And I think there's a couple other locations around Italy. Signor Vino is like kind of a chain place for charcuterie boards, but it's so good. I wouldn't really recommend having dinner there. I don't think it's like the best Italian food you could ever eat, but the charcuterie boards are so good. And they have all these Italian wines and beers by the glass and bottle. And it's just, it's perfect. It's such good vibes. We went there like two or three times just for a snack in the middle of the day. The Signor Vino in Milan is also right near the Duomo. So it's like very, very easy for like after or before you do that. Again, Really recommend seeing everything touristy because it's touristy for a reason. Like, go up to the Duomo. Don't take the stairs. Take the elevator up and the stairs down. Like, the stairs are a climb. But I'm not kidding you when I say, like, it is the most beautiful thing in the world. Like, I'm not even a religious person. And I was, like, just moved. Like, it's so gorgeous. And the inside of the church is, like, so fucking beautiful. Like, it was genuinely one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen architecturally. And that kind of surprised me because I didn't think a church would like take me there. Okay. If you have like extra time and you want a little place to go to lunch where like the locals are, you're going to go to Bar Brera in the Brera district. Brera district might be one of my favorite districts of Milan. This is like kind of like a local hangout artist spot just to get lunch. But we had a really good caprese salad. Avery had a great panini. We had wine and it was amazing people watching. Like I don't think there's a better place people watching than Barbera. It was perfect. We had dinner at Dry Milano, which is a pizza place. So if you're looking to get pizza, I would go there, but it's also like going out vibes, young vibes, great fucking music, cool vibes. And it's known for its cocktails and they did not disappoint. So I recommend you go there. The clubbing in Milan is also really fun. It's kind of known for that in a similar way that I would say like Barcelona is. Um, the district where the clubs are is called the Navigli district. I think that's how you say it. It's N-A-V-I-G-L-I. We just went to like one that we saw open. It was fun. Like I had a really good time. And then the gelato places were open afterwards. And you guys know me. I don't really like going out, but it was just so much fun and like such a good vibe. Like I would highly recommend going out in Milan if you're going there. Of course, we did shopping. There's a mall right near the Duomo, but it's like not really a mall. It's like more of a department store vibe, but they like call it a mall and it's so chic. And that's where I got my Fendi baguette bag for my birthday gift to myself. Um, also, there was a rainy day. We went to the QC Terra Milano spa and I highly recommend that. It has like pools, saunas, all sorts of stuff. It's like $80 to like go there for the whole morning. They give you like a locker, a towel, all the stuff. And you kind of get just get to vibe. And it was... It was really nice. Like it was raining outside. So it was a nice thing to do for the morning while it rained. We also went to the Four Seasons Hotel for lunch. They have a garden. If you have like a nicer thing to celebrate, can't recommend going there more. Like so gorgeous that they have caviar. They have really good wines by the glass. They have like pizzas, pastas, just all this Italian food. And the people watching was so fucking insane there, guys. Holy shit. I was sitting there in my Abercrombie dress. Like I literally need to go change. I don't know into what, but like, wow. Wow, the fashion, the people watching. Oh my God. Like, if you go there for a glass of wine just to watch people, like, do it. The other thing that was really great was the Dolce and Gabbana martini bar. It's like next to the Dolce and Gabbana. It was right near the Hotel Sonato where we stayed. And they have a DJ. It's really fun vibes. 
really good cocktails, but they also make pizzas there. Highly recommend that as well. It was just very chic, very Dolce Vita lifestyle vibes. I loved it. Okay, and then I went to London, and I don't know if you guys know this, but, like, I was not trying to do a European summer. I've never done that before. The whole intention of going abroad at all was to go to my best friend Veronica's graduation from King's College, but then I realized that, like, my boyfriend's family trip was done the 9th, and her graduation was the 27th, and my birthday's the 22nd, and I was like, should I just, like, try to, like, pop in another place and go with my boyfriend, and that's how that all came to be. So I went to London, I stayed with Veronica and it was definitely different because I was staying with my best friend and I wasn't like staying at a hotel or anything. And one thing I want to recommend about staying with friends, I think that people like get so weird about this. I am not the type of person who likes to stay with a friend when I go visit people because I'm just really not comfortable like inhabiting people's space, literally unless it's Ali or Veronica. Like I have to be like so, so, so comfortable with you for me to want to do that just because I just get so anxious and overwhelmed and weirded out about it all. And obviously like Veronica and Allie again are the exceptions, but if it wasn't them, I think that like a good rule of thumb, if you personally are uncomfortable staying with people, is just be like, I'm going to stay at a hotel because I want my own space. Like literally just saying that. And if that's a problem for someone, they might not be that good of a friend. Like, I don't even think that people like to host. Like, think about hosting. It's so fucking annoying. So at the end of the day, set your boundaries and protect your peace. But I did stay with her and I love staying with Veronica. I have some recommendations for London, but I think that's something that that was like a little bit different about this trip is that I literally just like lived her life with her. So it wasn't like a super touristy moment, but this was my third time in London. So I do have some recs if you end up going there or if you live there, maybe you can like make fun of my recs. Okay. Gales for coffee. That's like one of my favorite coffee spots and they have gluten-free options. If you're in Notting Hill, you have to go to Odalangi as well. They have the best fucking cappuccinos. I'm obsessed and like really good food. Sucre, we went there for dinner on my birthday and it was so delicious. Can't recommend enough. My favorite place in the whole entire world is Gordon's Wine Bar. It is an outdoor indoor wine bar in London. They have over 200 wines and the only food they have is cheese boards. And like you DIY them and make your own and it's so fucking good and it has the best fucking energy in the world. We also went there on my birthday. Um, we saw some West End theater. We saw Cabaret and Mamma Mia. Uh, love the West End. Highly recommend. I don't know if you guys know this, but in London, the government subsidizes theater, which is way different than how it happens here, obviously. In the US, the government does not subsidize theater. And because of that, well, you know, it's just more expensive. The artists make less money, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. There's a laundry list of things. But the West End is really special. Highly recommend Cabaret or Mamma Mia. Tabernacle, if you're like in the mood for Greek food, is also in Notting Hill. Love it there. Um, Straker's was actually the best lunch I've ever had in my whole fucking entire life. We went for Veronica's birthday and it's perfect. Belvedere is also really good for dinner. It's like kind of like castle vibes. Very good. They have gluten-free pasta. For lunch slash market, also if you're in Notting Hill, sorry, Veronica lives in Notting Hill, which is why like I'm always giving Notting Hill Rex, is Dalesford. Love Dalesford. I literally love Notting Hill so much. I also really like Soho, but Notting Hill just is the sweetest, quaintest part of London to me, and it's so special to me. Um, if you're thinking about going out, we also went to Little Yellow Door, and apparently there's also one called Little Scarlet Door. Really fun going out vibes, good music, good energy. They had Mario Kart. It was fun. Um, and yeah, those are my recs for London. Honestly, like I don't have that much to add about London because obviously again, I was sort of just like living Ronnie's life with her, which is so special. But I think my number one piece of advice is like, don't stay with someone if you actually don't like staying with people. Like I genuinely, if it wasn't Veronica or Ali, I would say, 
I love you so much. I can't wait to visit you. I am going to stay in a hotel because I don't want to inhabit your space and I want my own space. And I just get like super weird about like alone time and unwinding. I hope that's okay with you. If that's not okay with someone, like genuinely, I need them to get help and like touch grass. That's a touch grass. That's a touch grass. Also, I hate hosting. Like when people want to stay at my apartment, I'm like, yay. But in my head, I'm like, no, because I kind of need my like, fuck off. I'm going to loaf time. I need my sitting alone time. And that is a-okay. Okay. Take your space. Obviously it's tough though. When someone's like, can I come stay with you? That's always the worst. And you're just like, um, okay. But in your head, you're like, no, but as always set your boundaries and protect your peace. Okay. I wanted to answer some of the questions that you guys asked about traveling in general. And I wanted to start this off by saying I've never traveled by myself, like a hundred percent solo. It really just like, isn't for me. I don't think like, it's not something that I think I would find a lot of joy in maybe one day. Today's not that day. I have flown alone a lot. And to be honest, that's hard for me. Like I'm really bad at flying. You guys know this about me. I have flight anxiety. So I have some recommendations about flying by myself. First of all, I always do the red eye to go to Europe and the day flight to come back. I don't know why that's what makes my heart sing. It just is. It's what works for me. I always bring my face masks and eye patches on overnight flights. I always have a lot of wine. If you're into taking edibles, I think that can be good as well. I have these little jet lag pills that I get on Amazon and I always bring like Advil and like emergency and like all the things that you might need, all the things that might come into play. Like when you're traveling, I I just like to know that I have like that first aid kit, like that safety toolkit that's ready to go for me if I'm feeling shitty for any reason. I stay super hydrated. I always remember turbulence cannot land a plane. And like, I look up that jello video on TikTok. If you haven't seen it, stop what you're doing. Look up jello flight video. It's literally going to help you so fucking much. I can't even explain. That's like absolutely changed my life. The other thing I do is like, I can't really sleep on planes. So I try not to make myself crazy. I put my little sleep eye mask over my eyes, listen to my Taylor Swift and veg out and chill and just try to relax. And if I can't sleep, at least I relaxed for the flight and I'm not going to beat myself up over it. And I, I'm also a pouch mom. I have like 900 pouches. I stay super organized and all of that makes flying just a bit more fun for me and not as scary when I'm just like ready to veg out and chill and all that good stuff. Okay. So you guys asked me a bunch of questions about traveling and I'm going to hit you with them. Okay. My favorite travel philosophy. That's a really good one. I would say something that I really like is the stumble rule where you really just pick a night where you're going to stumble into a restaurant or like kind of do a planless Saturday when you're traveling if you have that ability. I just think that that makes for the best travel stories and the best travel moments is when you stumble into something opposed to having it so tightly planned, especially if you're like me and you're going to tightly plan something and make something so, so intensely planned to the minute. I think it's nice to leave that one day or afternoon or evening open just to like stumble in, stumble, stumble into things. I think it's, I think it's really lovely. Okay. Anxiety on the way home, like having Sunday scaries. You know, I think I just try to mentally prepare myself before I travel to know that I am going to be like, okay, we're getting back to it when I get home on the way back. And so that way I don't think about that when I'm on the trip. So I always have to leave my apartment as fucking clean as possible, like ready to go. Like the Tide Pods are stocked up. All of the Swiffer wipes are stocked up. The vacuum cleaner is clean because when I get back, I want to be, I want everything to be spick and span for my arrival. I want to set myself up for success. I also try to get my whole to-do list done before I leave and then start a to-do list for when I'm going to return before I leave. 
all of this just ensures that while I'm on the trip, I don't have to think about the stuff that I have to do when I get back and that it's all waiting for me and I'm ready to go because I've set myself up for success. I think that on the way back, I also usually work. I know a lot of people don't like doing that, but I like to take those day flights back from Europe because then I can have my laptop, plan podcasts, write, do whatever I have to do, emails, all the things. And that usually helps me as well. So I really think setting yourself up for success before you leave just helps you to not anticipate those Sunday scaries or like post-travel scaries as much as you might if you didn't set yourself up for success before. Okay, you guys want to know what I do to prepare for traveling? I always leave the day before I leave for somewhere completely open. I want to do last minute packing. I want to get my spray tan. I want to take my everything shower. I want to eat a good meal, get a good night of sleep. I just think like, okay, we can't always do this. And like, there's definitely been times when I've not been able to leave that day completely open, but at least leaving the day of like the travel day completely open is really important to me. So that's definitely something that I do as a ritual. I like to exercise before a long flight because I feel like when you're sitting for that long, it just gets, you get really restless. But ultimately I always just like kind of ride the excitement on the way there. And I feel like the way there is so different from the way back where like the way there you're so prepared and like you're literally so on top of it and on top of your game and the way back coming back like an absolute atrocious mess that's always me okay one travel tip I actually do have for finding cheap flights is using hopper hopper is an app and it literally integrates like all the flights and shows you like the cheapest options it's definitely the best way to find flights on a budget I can't recommend it enough I've worked with them before in a partnership way but I've also used them before entirely separate from that because if you're balling on a budget, like they really, really are the best. And I think that a lot of times when you do have a budget and you want to go on a trip, it's really good to just be so, so, so organized with it. And the month before you go, don't buy your coffees out. Cook everything that you eat. Don't pay for those extra workout classes and take that money and use it toward the travel fund. Or anytime, like even like creating like every month, putting aside $5, if that's like what you're able to put aside and then eventually planning a big trip. Like if this is something you really want, there are ways to make it work. And I think that planning really, really far in advance and having someone that's also willing to plan far in advance and take those necessary like lifestyle changes in order to make the trip more affordable is just a really great way to do it. But Hopper, you guys have to use Hopper to get your cheap flights. This is not sponsored. This is just, I'm just a fan of theirs personally. Like they really, really do help. They do be helping to get those cheap flights. Okay. And one other thing that I wanted to say in the vein of travel, I feel like in the summer specifically, it's really difficult to not compare yourself if you're not able to travel for financial reasons or you don't want to travel or you just aren't traveling or for whatever reason you can't travel and you see all these people traveling and all these people going on these amazing trips. Like number one, if you have to mute someone because it's bringing you a lot of envy or negativity or you're not feeling good about yourself because of their content, that is your prerogative. That is your choice. You're allowed to do that. Protect your peace and your boundaries. Also just remember like, there is so much to be said about a staycation or a small weekend trip going somewhere. Obviously, we're going to look at people online and envy them and feel jealous and feel FOMO. And sometimes that stuff's going to make us feel bad, but it's up to us to be able to sift through that stuff and mute the stuff that's really causing us a lot of pain or negative emotions. And if people had to mute me because they were feeling like, I can't watch this. I'm just not feeling good about myself. Like that would be okay. That's something that I want people to feel like they can do. 
I just think that it can be really, really tough. And like, I even on a different level think I experienced that when I was traveling where I was like, oh, I'm not doing like the trendy thing, the right thing, the cool thing. Like I'm not, you know, I'm not doing what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm not, you know, good enough. I don't look good enough. My outfits aren't good enough. And then I kind of let it all go and was like, this is just about the experience with another person that I'm having. And it's not about the internet and it's never been about the internet and it shouldn't be about the internet and it doesn't have to be about the internet and fuck the internet. Not fuck the internet. You guys know I love the internet. But what, all I'm saying is comparison really does drive us mad and don't let it drive you mad. It doesn't have to drive you mad. Mute people, block people. All right, y'all. That's all I got. Just, you know, mute people. Protect your peace. Go on your little staycation. Do what makes you feel good. Go on a solo trip. Don't go on a solo trip. Like, I think something else I've been really thinking about lately is just like everything in its own time, everything in its own pace, everything for each person individually. Like this is what worked for me, but it might not work for you. You might be like the most go with the flow person. Like I don't want to fucking plan a trip. Then befriend someone like me. I'll plan your trip for you. But if you guys have any other questions about recommendations or anything else, I really like, I really just like, to be honest, I would stay talking to you, but I'm starting to feel so nauseous and I really think it's the IUD. So I'm going to lay down. I love... That was my attempt to sing like Beyonce. <laughs> I love you guys. I'm never going to do that again. If I ever try to sing to you guys again, literally be like, she's fucking done. Do not sing. I love you guys so much. I hope you're having a stunning, gorgeous, amazing, beautiful week. And you have amazing fun plans for the weekend or you have no plans at all, in which case I am jealous. I will see you next week. I love you. Always DM me if you need anything at all. That's a tongue twister. I'm sending you a hug from afar and I will talk to you soon. Bye.